This is Face First with Ryan Clark. Hell is off now. How exciting! I was right. We went to Bama and got the win. There is all kind of tied pride tied up on the back of our chariot as we rode back to Baton Rouge, baby. Ha <laughs> ha! Hey, we had nobody sitting out of that celebration, right? We didn't take no days off celebrating that win. Had everybody at the airport, right? We weren't sitting out back-to-backs. But hey, that's what's happening in the NBA. Kawhi sitting out back-to-backs. Big games against MVPs like Giannis, the Greek freak. We don't get to see the matchup with Kawhi Leonard, the NBA Finals MVP. And even now, they're asking, should Saquon Barkley sit out? Is it even worth it for him to play the rest of the season for the New York Giants? Because they're 2-8. and eight. Let's be honest, they stink. They're not going to smell any better with Saquon Barkley on the field. And coming into this year, Saquon Barkley was recognized as a transcendent talent. He was the most highly rated running back coming into the draft in decades. We saw what he did last year, the type of production that he had. And we thought to ourselves, oh my goodness, Saquon Barkley, he could run behind anybody. It could be three blind mice and two lacrosse players blocking for Saquon Barkley and he could gain a thousand yards. Well, we watched him last week on 13 carries, only have one. And so the question was asked of Pat Shermer, should, should Saquon Barkley sit? And then they asked Saquon, should he sit? And Saquon answered it the, the way he's supposed to. Saquon said, you know what? I'm a football player. This is what I do. The, the thought that I should sit out, that's ridiculous. That's not why we're here. That's not the way that this game works. But is it? You listen to Mark Cuban talk about what Kawhi Leonard is doing and talk about load management and him saying it's one of the best things that's happened to the game of basketball, that if you ignore the science, because it's all data-driven, if you ignore the science, then you aren't trying to win. That it, it, This helps your stars be better in the moments that you need them. And then when you look at the data, or if you look at the guy that all this is focused around, who is Kawhi Leonard, who was misdiagnosed in San Antonio, felt like he was misrepresented, felt like he was mistreated, and took his career into his own hands and decided to go about doing things a different way and was ridiculed for it. This is a guy that goes to Toronto and plays 60 games. Only 60 of 82. They get into the playoffs and there is no load management. He plays more than anyone else throughout the playoff stretch. He ends up being the finals MVP. But as I watch those games, I see him deteriorate. I see him not be as effective as he was early on in the playoffs. And it starts to make me think, maybe he needs this. Maybe this is the only way that Kawhi Leonard could play. And then I watch Mike Greenberg of Get Up on ESPN say that he just can't understand why Ja Morant would get to miss a game. Or when Jay Will or Jay Williams tells him on Get Up that the way that they need to proceed with Zion Williamson, Williamson when he gets back is load management because he's a big guy, because he's 285, something we've never seen before, has the knee injuries, the type of force that he generates in jumping, but also the support he needs in coming back down to the court puts him in a position or a situation where he may need to take some rest. And so now 
we start to look at this and we say, this is bigger than we ever thought. It's leaking into football, not the gladiator sport, not where we're warriors and we're soldiers. And no matter what, you just play. If your leg is broken and we can tape it up or you can shoot it up or you can take enough medicine away from the field to get you back, if there's enough pain relief, we can have you out here and we can use you and we can try to find a way to win because that's what football players do. But should it still be? Because remember, this is the year of player control. This is the year that players started using their voice, started to move around, started to protect their career, their brand. So could we be moving to this? I remember being a huge supporter of players sitting out bowl games and saying that I'm okay with it. If you're not going to play for the college football championship or the college football playoff championship, then why are you a top five pick going to play in the Citrus Bowl? Why are you going to play in the Sun Bowl, the Las Vegas Bowl, right? The Toilet Bowl, the Cereal Bowl, all of these other bowls that they're making up so they can make money and people can sponsor them and we can watch teams that are barely 500 play. Why are you playing in that when you can go get 20 million guaranteed? Why risk it? And so you have these things happen and we see these guys get injured in bowl games or late in the season and it affects what they become going forward. And you say, that's only going to be college. But now it's leaked into the NFL and you can't mess up that product. You can't, you can't have guys save up their money to bring their kids because fans pay the bills and fans write your check. Can't have them come to a game and Kawhi Leonard doesn't play. Well, why? Were they saying, hey, Kawhi, we're here for you as, you as you deal with your quad injury that's been misdiagnosed and you can't walk. And now you think about being with your baby and being able to play basketball with your son when he's of age. They weren't there for that. But you better be there when we come to the game and you go to play the Pelicans and we paid to see you play. Because that's how it works. That's all that people worry about. Now, I didn't hoop. I hooped in high school. I was good, too. We won a state championship. Sometimes people don't respect that. I was a point guard. They made me play defense. They said you can't shoot three, so I, you know, I shot one or two. I airballed one against Jesuit. My coach pulled me out. But I do know somebody that does, and that's Ryan Hollins, and he's coming up soon. But I also want to talk to him about that if this leaks in the football, is it good? If it leaks in the football, does it hurt the product? Or should players continue to take control of what they can control, and that's them? <laughs> So I'm excited. This is my first basketball guest. Uh, this is a guy who thinks he knows more than me. Uh, we've talked about some things on first take. We've actually talked about more off of the camera. He was drafted by the Charlotte Bobcats in 2006. This is a guy that's a proud, very proud UCLA Bruin. He's doing great things on TV. You see him all over. He's been He's hosted first take. He's a guy that understands basketball and knows the game because he played, but he loves all sports and he dives into all sports. And so this is my friend, uh, my guy, Ryan Hollins. What's up, brother? How you doing? What's up, bro? First off, I want to just thank you in the sense that as a former athlete, bro, like in broadcaster now, you are reaching out to do so much more beyond what they expect of us, bro. So you keep paving the way, dog. Keep paving the way, <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate Thank that, you. man. I appreciate that. The reason, like, I'm excited to have you on is because 
I wish people could hear some of the conversations me and you have had that haven't been filmed. Some oh, of the, man. some, you know, like the, the, the <laughs> good stuff. And, you know, and even some of the things we kind of go back and forth with on Twitter. And when I started looking at load management and thinking about, you know, the Kawhi Leonard's of the world. And then when I saw people were asking Saquon Barkley, hey, should should you sit out? Should you not play the rest of the game? Should you think about your future? But should the New York Giants also think about his future? I really wanted to get your opinion on load management. And do you think that load management is a good thing for basketball and something that could move in and help football? Man, first off, I love low management. I love it, Ryan. Because me and you, we played our professional careers and college and high school careers in an era where we were told, tough it out. Mm-hmm. Oh, if you're, I remember being in a training room and coaches and players would walk by and be like, hey, man, don't let them catch you in here. They're going to think you soft. <laughs> yeah, like, right. They say you can't make, the, uh, can't make the club in the tub. Yeah, bro. Like yeah. I'm trying to take care of my body. Oh, why are you always stretching? Why? Because you know what? I want to be able to walk, and and my body is my money. Mm-hmm. And we came and came up in an era where that was a thought process. You didn't want to show any type of weakness. So when it comes to low management, I love it. Think about it, NBA wise. We just watched the NBA Finals. Kevin Durant was out. Mm-hmm. Clay Thompson was hurt. Uh, I'm sure there are little knickknacks and injuries all over the place, but we didn't see the NBA's best in the NBA's final in the NBA right. finals. And last time I checked, that's why we play the game. We play it for the end of the year, and obviously you got to do everything you can to get there. But I wish Kevin Durant load managed more. I wish a lot of these other guys actually took that into account because why we're not seeing the best of the best, and in terms of. Kawhi Leonard, in terms of Saquon Barkley, I'll throw this out to you. Everybody's injury is different. Mm -hmm. Everybody's body is different, right? So I can't tell Kawhi Leonard that he has the same body of LeBron James. Right. I can't tell Saquon Barkley that he should be Ezekiel Elliott because Ezekiel Elliott is playing through a twisted ankle. You know, Mm -hmm. you know he got something. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's a game by game basis. And I'll share this on. from a medical standpoint when it comes to Kawhi Leonard, he's still figuring out what's going on with his body. Mm-hmm. The one thing that he actually knows is that it's induced from fatigue. And Kawhi Leonard is not a guy like Kobe Bryant later on his career, LeBron James in his career, who will take plays off on defense. The dude has one gear when he's on the court. And we see Saquon, Saquon goes hard. So it's like, Ryan, how can I tell this guy not to be smarter about the way he handles himself on the court because we just saw him run himself into the ground a year ago yeah. and he wasn't able to compete. Right. So do you think when looking at load management, it should be different based on injury history? Do you think that healthy guys, like we've seen with Ja Morant already, you know, him getting some an opportunity to, you know, take a day off. And then you look at a guy like Dame Lillard who says, you know, he wants to play CJ McCullough says the same thing, and he says you could, could you could Kawhi your way out of the playoffs. Do you think that some of these guys who haven't experienced those injuries should be protected by their team, by their trainers, that need to understand the science of using this so you can get the best of the best 
in the the, the critical moments like mm. the playoffs. Now, that's a great point, bro, because to each his own. So if I'm okay. Portland, who just got depleted talent-wise, lost Afaru Kaminu, uh, their starting center from last year, Cantor exits out and goes to Boston, those dudes in the West, Western Conference, have to play. Also, let me throw this out, Ross. Loaders management, NBA-wise, 82 games, it's nothing new. We've always load managed. See, that's what it's I thought. Problem. I, yeah. I thought it was I thought it was a big thing, especially with Greg Popovich and those San Antonio Spurs team, that, that there were times that he would let guys stay at home on road trips. And yep. it's yep. It, it's become this bigger deal when fans and when part people in the media want to bring up how it's unfair that a guy may save up his money to to see LeBron James when the Lakers come in town or the Cavaliers come in town. Do you think that that should be taken into consideration by the organizations that, hey, look, we got to you choose our time wisely when we sit these guys? Or do you listen to the science, you listen to the data and you make sure that your guys are healthy to help you win the games? Rob, we got to We got to keep it real with, with the people, the listeners and the fans who are, are hearing. That's this. what I wanted in the <laughs> locker room, in the in the locker room. We don't give a damn about what the fans the, the the TV deal or whatever's going on, we're trying to win because you ultimately have a job to win. Now, I do understand now that I'm on the outside of things, you do have fans who pay money to the games, to come to games, to see a good show, but they're also paying for you to be good. So mm-hmm. if we run Kawhi Leonard into a ground, into the ground, I'm saving the fans from themselves because there ain't going to be nothing else to look forward to right. if you don't play. Now, when he missed games in San Antonio and they plummeted that year, you know what was left in San Antonio? Not much, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. you have to save the fans from themselves in these situations. Now, ideally, he would have played against Milwaukee and sat out the next night against Portland, and that was a big uprise. But guess what? There's already a plan set in place when the Clippers got Kawhi Leonard in which he would be able to load management, and they marked out months ago, months ago, Kawhi. You're going to miss this game, this game, mm-hmm. this game, and this game. And also, let's let's, let's take a look. And, and, and while I'm going to tag back to Portland. Portland does not have the depth that the Clippers have. Mm-hmm. So if he sits out a game, there's nothing. There's nothing left. The team is going to the, team, the Portland is going to lose if Dame sits out. If Kawhi sits out, they can play well. That's how Pascal Siakam last year became Pascal Siakam. Right. Because when when when, when Kawhi sat out. Their record, they had a winning record. Pascal showed out, and that was just part of a piece of the puzzle. And now Pascal just right. got a max contract, and, and, and he's the balling. Boy is working his way in. <laughs> yeah, and, he's, and, he's, and he's balling. And the team, the team is actually doing well. And so it shows you that with a plan, you can move forward and still help the organization succeed. And so now I look at it, though, Ryan, as it leaks into football. And you know what football is. Football is the biggest separation between ownership and labor. Football is you are going to get in line. You are going to do what we need you to do. And it's going to look, feel, and smell a certain way. You don't take days off. You you don't get an opportunity to say, you know what, this game, I just don't feel right. And now the, the CBA and the NFLPA, they've tried to put in things in the offseason that allow allow you to at least load manage in that way, to at least load manage as it comes to practice. But when you look at a guy like Saquon Barkley, 
the New York Giants being 2-8, and eight, a guy that gets 13 carries, one yard. He's supposed to be a transcendent talent, Ryan. He's supposed to be a guy that can make something out of nothing. We see that something is wrong with Saquon Barkley. If he sits, do you think that this starts a an issue with the NFL where guys start to say, you know what, if I'm not in it, I sit because you get paid to play the games? Or could this be an isolated incident that helps a Hall of Fame talent get healthy, be ready for next year, and also allows a team to continue to work, to continue to grow in order to protect that guy and win with him going forward? You know, it's crazy. Well, I, I believe it's isolated. But I also have to look at a dynamic to football. Football in the NFL is played one time a week, one mm-hmm. game a week. So now the money and the play and, and the fan experience, they're banking on this one game. Mm-hmm. So in the NBA, we have 82. And obviously certain games have more of an attendance or audience. But there's one game that this guy may miss out or not play. Now in terms of Saquon Barkley, he has GOAT potential. Right. When I say golf potential, we and we, you agree with me. I'm talking Barry Sanders. I'm yes. talking Walter Payton. I'm talking and we saw Adrian Peterson. We saw it immediately. We saw it last year. Yes. Yes. So, mm-hmm. is this high ankle sprain enough to where I could lose this guy for good? And now I have to bring those questions in the call. Now, if I'm the general manager of the Giants, I'm the owner. I say, how big is this deal? Because we can't. We just got rid of Odell. Right, <laughs> I right. Lose Saquon moving forward, and obviously we're in a position where Daniel Jones he showed promise, but he's not where he needs to be. So you have to weigh out those elements, and depending on the injury, may need to sit out or you limit his snaps. Like we've seen, hey, load management with Todd Gurley. I would give a, I don't give a, a darn what the Rams say. You can say damn. You good? You can say damn. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. They they low manage Todd Gurley. You know what I'm saying? So we have seen it. We have seen it. But ultimately, if you're the Giants, you want to draft it. But think about it. The, uh, the, the everybody's in an uproar. Right? Forgive me if I'm wrong. Miami is tanking. That's an NBA strategy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Ramsey pulled an NBA move and said, right. "I want out. <laughs> you know, I don't want to play here no more." <laughs> And it's working. Listen, my, my, my actual my, my first episode was about that, about football players starting to take control in a way we've never seen it. And even if you go back to Antonio Brown and obviously there were some things away from the field that has him without a job right now. But Antonio Brown wanted out of one of the greatest organizations in football from a winning yeah. and, 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 and being successful standpoint. He got out. And not only did he get out, he got a new deal. And in getting a new deal, he went somewhere and let's be honest, he just cut the fool. Right? Like he 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 was an yeah. issue from the time he showed up. He wanted out. He gets a phone call that he's out. He videos it. He's like, We did it, grandma. <laughs> we free. He runs uh. around his backyard. And the best part about it to me is he didn't just get another chance, Ryan. He didn't like he didn't have to go play for the Miami Dolphins. He got to go to New England. He got to go to what is right now the dynasty of all dynasties in the history of the NFL with the greatest quarterback of all time, the greatest head coach of all time. Oh, and and even when he even when he cut the fool enough 
to where the owner said he could no longer be on the team. Those two people, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, fought for him. Has football finally caught on to something that you guys in basketball have known all along? I, I take this back to, I want to say why you queried me from about a year, year and a half ago. Where and I, I and I, and and it's and it's and there's a little bit hints of this and this is the first hint. You saw role players in the NBA cashing in fifty, sixty million dollars. Yeah, yeah. And you guys started looking back, and you correct me if I'm wrong. Started going, damn, like how old boys just get fifty or sixty million? He, he, you know, he only averaged about eight and eight. Last no, right. Year. We wouldn't look at the stats. We'd be like, man, dude, poo. <laughs> Like, you know what I'm saying? Hey, <laughs> hey, like, hey, we see a cat, he gets 60 million. You'd be like, bro, I could give you 6.7 points yes. a game. You, you know? <laughs> yes, bro. And then, and then look, in the NFL, this is what kills me. You guys are seeing the writing on the wall. Hold on, dog. I'm a top five player in my position. Yep. Melvin Gordon. Yep. Le'Veon Bell. And I don't get max money. Or, hey, I'm, I'm, uh, uh, Jimmy Graham, who knows his career is only going to be so long playing at a high level with Drew Brees. I'm playing the wide receiver spot, but I'm not getting paid like a wide receiver. Yeah. Hold the heck up. So that started the rumblings of guys seeing what we need to do. And you can't tell me, and you sat down with Jalen Ramsey, yeah. that he didn't look at a Jimmy Butler situation and said, hey, no, 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 I'm doing all I can do. I can't waste my – I got two – and you guys need even less bullets than we have. I can't waste all my bullets. Uh, with the Jaguars, Jimmy Butler said, I can't waste them in Minnesota. Carl Anthony Towns ain't got no heart yet. <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> right. <laughs> Get me out of here. Yeah, yeah. So it, I, I believe that you guys are seeing what we're doing, but the NBA player, because there's less of us, we have a, a more immediate impact. Mm-hmm. Our coach is less valued than the NFL coach. You guys are starting to catch on. Man, listen, I, I can't I can't thank you enough. Uh, I knew exactly who to call when, when this came in my mind. When I said I want, I want to do something on this subject, I knew exactly who to call. I knew who would be the best man to answer the questions. Uh, I appreciate you, bro, man. Thank you so much for coming on. And uh, I think everybody's going to love it, bro. You have a good day. Hey, any any day, bro. Any day, bro. We'll we'll heat up that MJ LeBron combo the next five. Hey, it ain't even. <laughs> hey, you already know it's coming. Soon as the basketball season get hot. Man, and that was Ryan Hollins. I was extremely excited to have him on. I understood that he'd have a unique perspective on how the NBA sees this, and also because of his new job in the sports media, understand how it could cross over into football, but. As, as usual, when before I end this show, I just got to give you my thing. And, and, and here's the thing about today. I've had this conversation about Kawhi Leonard with friends of mine who love basketball. They just absolutely love basketball. And they're like, that's not how it works. You don't take time off. Jordan didn't take time. Kobe didn't take time. LeBron didn't take time. Eh, all this stuff, right? The fans and this and this. And I get it. But I have a unique perspective about what Kawhi Leonard is going through. And I went through it, and it was probably on a greater scale than what he did, but I understand how these things affect you. See, Kawhi Leonard was in San Antonio, and he was the finals MVP, and he played both sides of the court, both offensively, defensively. He didn't take, he didn't take a break. He didn't take time off. He didn't let possessions go by where he wasn't given 100%. And he's the finals MVP. This is a guy that went toe-to-toe 
with LeBron James and LeBron James understood what type of talent he was. He was a guy who was on the rise. And then you get this injury and you're misdiagnosed. You get this injury and you're mistreated. You get this injury and you're misrepresented. And that's difficult. And in that time, there are no fans. In that time, there is no trainers. There are no doctors that are going through the things that you are going through. Because see, in 2007, I get injured in Denver. I have a spleen infarction. I have a sickle cell crisis. And then I remember they send me to, I get on the plane. They take me off the plane. I go to the hospital. They send me home. They give me some pain pills. They leave one doctor with me and I remember being in my room and calling my wife and telling her how much pain I was in. And she knew I was in pain because I never complained about pain. Telling her how much pain I was in, how, it could, how I couldn't fix it. And I took a shower. I didn't dry off. And I laid on the cold bathroom floor because I felt like if I was cold enough, it could take enough pain away where I could just get some relief. And eventually she got tired of me calling her. Or not tired of me. She got so scared about me calling her. She called the doctor and she said, you have to take him back to the hospital. So the next day, they fly my wife out. They fly my kids out. That doctor is still there, and I end up not being able to go home again. But in Pittsburgh, they went to work on Monday. It's Tuesday now, and they have their off day. And so on their off day, on the team's off day, I am being wheeled through the airport by someone that works in the airport. I still have the, the hospital gown on over the rest of my clothes, and I look to the left and my wife is walking. I look to the right and my kids are walking and that's it. There are no fans walking with me. Matter of fact, there are no fans that know I'm still there. And see the, treat, the, the trainers and the doctors and the team, they're still in Pittsburgh. They went back home, but I'm still in Denver with my family. That's it. And so then when I get back to work and they assess me and they say nothing's really wrong with me, and I'm hunched over and I'm trying to jog around the field at practice and they're telling me I can play and I know I can't, I start to say, okay, well, what's wrong with me? And then weeks later, after I've lost 20 pounds and my wife changes my clothes at 2 a.m. every night because my fever is 103, but then they still make me go to work to check me out. And then the doctor hands me the sheet that says I'm okay and my symptoms are fine and goes, now while listen to you complain, I know what Kawhi is feeling. When I assemble my own team of doctors to take care of me and to advise me and to make sure I'm okay because I don't trust the people in those buildings anymore, I understand Kawhi. I understand you got to take your life, you got to take your career into your own hands. When Kawhi Leonard says, when I'm done with this game, I want to be able to play with my kids, I understand why. Because when I was getting will through the hospital or after I had my surgery and my wife would go pick my kids up from the school that was next to the hospital so they could come see me. And my daughter, who was so beautiful at the time, but was in like pre-K, would say, hey, dad, can I go to the cafeteria and get mashed potatoes? I understood Kawhi. Because there was no fans there, because nobody bought tickets to come visit me in the hospital. Because when Troy Palomalu brings me some food after we lose to Cleveland in the hospital and we hug and we pray and we cry together, there was no fans there. There were no trainers there. It was my family. When my mama flew up, when my best friend flew up, when the guys came over on a Friday after practice to see me, and then when I finally get healthy, when I finally get back, 
they say to themselves, bro, we, they say to me, we were so depressed because we didn't think you would live. There were no fans there. When the doctor walks in on Tuesday because I had my surgery on Monday and he was the doctor I called on Friday and he reluctantly sent me in to the hospital to have another test that I already, I already had and it never said anything because he was just tired of hearing me and he tells me, had you not called me on Friday, you would not have made it through the weekend. There were no fans. There wasn't an owner. There wasn't an organization answering that phone. It was my wife. And so when people like Kawhi Leonard or when teams start to understand that the science says these guys would be healthier if we took care of them, I understand. And so you can understand it if you want. Like you can think it's okay if you want. I don't necessarily believe they care because they got to take care of themselves. They got to make sure their teams can win. But most of all, they got to make sure their family continues to see them healthy. This has been Face First. We're going to take next week off. But when we come back, I have a special treat. I'm going to represent my friend, one of my greatest teammates of all time, Sean Taylor. I hope you tune in. Thanks a lot. This is Face First with Ryan Clark.